Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. The God of Israel is a triumphant God. And I have good news. He wants to share that victory with you and with me. But there's only one way to experience that victory, and that is through a covenantal relationship with him, specifically the new covenant. And Messiah himself taught that this new covenant was ratified, put into power by his blood on Passover. Therefore, it's only when we say yes to Messiah, to his work, inviting him into our life, confessing that we need him because we have been separated due to our sin from God and all of his benefits, including that victory, that kingdom victory. But there is good news. One of the ways that we can speak of good news is with the word gospel. That's what it means. Good news about God's redemption. And God's redemption does something. It causes the believer, the one who has received the gospel, the one who has taken hold by faith of grace, it allows us to be in the presence of God, to be with him and to be with him for eternity. That is, to have that eternal kingdom experience. And there is nothing better than that. So are you going to be part of that victory, that kingdom outcome in our life of being with God, knowing him and his goodness forever and ever and ever. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 68. Now, as you know, we began this book some time ago. We finished the first 67 Psalms. We began Psalm 68 last week which is a difficult psalm. But how good it is to ponder over Scripture and see how God is going to speak to the reader, the one who comes before God prayerfully in a humble way, desiring to hear from God and to implement what he hears into his life or her life. And that's our objective in studying this book of Psalms. It's really a book of praises. That's what in Hebrew the book of Psalms is called, the book of praises, Sefer Tehillim. And through this book of Psalms, we can worship God. So look with me to where we left off, Psalm 68, and I want us to begin in verse 21 of the Hebrew text, probably 20 in your Bible, where it says, God. Now, if you're looking at it in the original language, it just doesn't say God, but the God. It is definite, meaning it is specific to the God of Scripture, the God of Israel. 
and we read here the god is for us now we all know the scripture where it says if god is for me who can be against me but the question that each person has to answer is this how can i be confident how can i have assurance that god is for me when i am committed to the purposes of god when i am in his will doing what he expects me and has commanded me to do that's how we know that god is for us and when we're doing those things it does not matter who is against us because in actuality because we're committed to the things of god those who come against us are coming against god and there's no better place to be than in the will of god that's where we find security and many more beneficial things being in the will of god so we read the god is for us then we have the term god of salvation now it's the same root but a different form but it means just that god to whom belongs salvation and that's why i began our study by saying he is that triumphant god because to him is victory to him is salvation and again once we accept that gospel once we apply scripture to our life then we're going to experience victory we're going to have that that life that that bears fruit of salvation and then it goes on look at the next part of the verse it says and to the god lord and that's how we should understand that the god lord belongs what death and death that goes forth or the results of death would be probably the best way to say it what belongs to god god controls he possesses the results of death and what is that punishment now when it speaks about death here it's not speaking about just physical death why well we know he speaks about salvation salvation is not just being alive and death is just not dying we're speaking about a spiritual application and what god says is that he is over he is sovereign over both these over salvation and over the results of death and let me share with you with all assurance that you do not want to know the results of death this spiritual death that he's referring to in our first verse let's go on to verse 22 in hebrew where it says but god will crush the head of his enemy now to crush the head this means he is going to give the blow of death defeat destruction to who to his enemy and if we look at it closely we see here where it speaks about that god's going to do it too not just one enemy but all those who stand in opposition to god so we need to have a biblical understanding of the god of israel not some uh, conjured up in our own mind what we think is a good god no you will never understand the biblical god unless you receive him and understand him in light of his revelation so the god we serve is a god who will crush 
the head of his enemies and the hairy what we could call the hairy skull of those who do what well the one will make it singular the one who and this is a word for walking to and fro it's probably like a a one who who parades himself who who does so without any type of fear of the lord without without any type of of humility and he parades and what does he parade his guiltiness he's proud of that why because the things that make him guilty before god is the things that he desires what he's trying to accomplish he has rejected god's purposes his plans god's commandments and realize god's commandments all of them when we are led by the spirit to apply them to our life they become sources of of illumination sources of of revelation meaning this when i obey the instructions of god all of his instructions from the book of genesis through the book of revelation when i obey his instruction that obedience and we've seen this illustrated in several different places in the scripture that obedience is going to cause me to have a greater understanding of truth his truth from heaven i'm going to grow in my knowledge of the things of god his character his work his purposes but also the very identity of god and that's a good thing so god is going to crush the head of his enemies the hairy scalp of of the one who parades his his shame his guilt verse 23 the lord has said from bashan i will return now that means that he's going to bring back something he's not speaking about his returning but god bringing back something and the context is those enemies those ones who have fleed those ones excuse me fled those ones who have fled those ones who have tried to escape god's going to bring them back and furthermore he says here in this passage of scripture that he is going to bring them back from even and this is the implication from the deeps of the sea the deep places in the sea why is he going to do that next verse on account that your foot now who's he speaking about you and me we're going to have victory and part of that victory is is having the privilege to see the enemies of god which are also our enemies being defeated defeated by who by us god is going to work it out that your feet and my feet this is what he's saying that that your feet will crush that same word will crush in blood so you're going to see god bring back that enemy so that his people can have victory that they can bring destruction upon the enemies of god the enemies of the people of god and likewise the tongue of your dogs and dogs were seen in this culture as a a shameful animal one that had no respect one that did whatever he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do it 
no no shame no pride he just does what he feels like that's a dog and it says the tongue of your dogs is going to to be the portion of the enemy meaning this that that the portion that the dog receives is going to be the enemy now what is this saying well usually dogs would eat the scraps the leftovers so the enemy they are going to be defeated discarded they are going to be seen as the scraps of no significance something that that we reject so god is trying to use some very vivid language to speak about how the enemies of god these enemies of god also are our enemies why because as we submit to god these are going to come against us they don't want the will of god and therefore they're going to attack the servants of god but we're going to experience victory verse 25 in hebrew 24 and others they see your and this is your procession you walking oh god the procession processional of of my god my king in holiness or into his holy place so what this is referring to is kind of poetic language speaking about god going into the sanctuary and what it's portraying most of the rabbinical scholars say is the victory the victory of the establishment of the kingdom of god the enemies are going to be put into place they're going to be defeated they're going to be destroyed and then god is going to go into a sanctuary and that's going to trigger the kingdom of god and who is going into the sanctuary the the deliverer of the wrath of god and that is messiah we see still talking about this processional into the kingdom verse 26 the poets now these are the ones now some would say singers but this is probably the ones who wrote the the songs they are going to go first they are going to proceed first then after them the ones who play the music and then in the midst of all of this are the virgins who will play their their cymbals or their tambourines or their small drums and the image here is a great assembly and that there's going to be this great marching in to the kingdom of god god's going to do that we saw last week there's going to be these ten thousands of ten thousand angels and these general angels when i say general i mean by leader like an army general that they are going to go forth as well and there's going to be this presentation this processional of all these with those who are praising god the ones who have written down the 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 songs those who are playing the music with the young virgins that are going to be playing the the tambourine and all of this is going to happen to inaugurate the kingdom of god next verse verse 27 in hebrew 26 and others we read in the congregation now this congregation is the kingdom congregation that's the intent in the congregations literally it's in the plural and it's an abundant congregation that's why it's in the plural 
it says bless god and who is god he is the lord of the many bibles will say fountain but it's the source of israel israel has her being her existence because of god and because of that and because of god there's this kingdom reality and the people have entered into it this is what it foreshadows and all of that should cause us to bless to bless god and then he says next verse there binyamin and then we have the the least of of their rulers so we see that the one and binyamin was the youngest son of of uh Yaakov, what we see here is that he came along and he was seen as almost uh, insignificant compared to the others. But what we're being told here is that insignificant one is going to be their leader. Now, this word tsair, meaning young or insignificant or small, however it's translated in your Bible, this is also the word that's spoken of Bethlehem being too small among the thousands of judah so you take all of those little villages and such in judah and we have bethlehem being one of the most insignificant one but nevertheless god chose bethlehem for for messiah to be born there and what this is talking about is simply that the one who was seen as insignificant the one that was so uh uh rejected by the world he is going to be their leader next verse we see how how the the officials of judah is going to be their their great crowd part of the assembly as well as the officials of zivulun and the officials of naphtali now why are those two tribes mentioned uniquely well judah we know why that's the kingdom tribe from the king uh, the tribe of judah the king will come and what it's saying here with zebulon and naphtali these were far away remote from jerusalem but but none is going to be forgotten none is going to be absent they're all going to be there in the kingdom of god now verse 29 in hebrew 28 and others your god he has commanded your power he has empowered god has empowered this you have done for us so it's speaking here about god giving kingdom power that this is his activity and we are the recipients of that and that kingdom power provides the victory now i would also go forward and see that this power that god has given to us is in blood we all know the concept that there's power in the blood of messiah that power to redeem that power to save that power to restore to a eternal relationship with god and this is what god has commanded meaning god has set forth this gospel plan he's the one that that uh, came up with it and he's the one that that ordered it to be brought about and his son fulfilled it then we read verse verse 30 in hebrew from your sanctuary concerning jerusalem 
to you. So concerning Jerusalem and and your sanctuary, he says to you, kings, they will bring a gift. Now, what's this saying is that those who are in authority, kings, they're going to have to respond by acknowledging the king of kings and the lord of lords and they're going to come to that location jerusalem and what are they going to do they're going to bring a gift so from your sanctuary jerusalem to you the kings they will bring a gift now all of this is going to to happen and in light of that we're going to see what has to take place first what brings us about and this is the subduing of the enemy notice what the text says in the next verse it talks about rebuking and it says the the life of of reed it's singular the life of reed now what's that well the reeds and i don't believe there's much disagreement about this the yamsuf is the sea of reeds now it uses a different word here for like a cane or a reed and it's speaking about egypt so what we find here is the same way that god's victory over the enemy began where the exodus from egypt this is that great event that we we make mention of all the time in our prayers in in judaism and in the bible we see many of the songs psalms also as this one does so rebuke the life of of reeds meaning the nile river having to do with egypt and the congregation of and this is a word for for like a knight a valiant man uh, a valiant man a noble man someone that has both power and and is a a person who who is a a well-respected soldier and it says among the congregation of these knights and among the calves of the people now this is the next generation so what god is doing here he's rebuking who's he rebuking he's rebuking egypt which is synonymous with the world and all the noblemen these valiant individuals and also the next generation of the peoples all of them are going to be defeated and it says that that they are going to acknowledge the authority of god how well keep reading it says mit rapes beratse kesef which means this they are going to to demonstrate their submissiveness now in modern hebrew the best way to to translate this is with the word grovel meaning this someone who knows that that he is subservient that he needs something from someone else and he goes before not just just pleading but groveling meaning he makes himself of of no respect he makes himself in absolute submissiveness to the superiority of another and that's what it's saying here that that he will grovel with what pieces of silver and and he will spread for scattered the people what people the ones who delight the ones who seek 
conflict and this word for conflict is literally the word for battles those who like conflict who likes battle god says he's going to scatter the meaning he's going to cast them away so those who love battle meaning this it's not like the first ones who are going to to show their their submissiveness they're going to bring a gift pieces of silver they're going to bring a a token of their submissiveness but those who do not what is he going to do he says he's going to scatter the people who who love who delight in battles next verse verse 32 in hebrew 31 and others a different word for noblemen it says noblemen and this word is only appearing one time in the bible noblemen and this could be like a representative some people will say that this has to do with like an ambassador from another location so noblemen they will come from where egypt and again many times when the scripture speaks of egypt what they're speaking about is literally the world egypt is used poetically in the scripture for for speaking of the world so the noblemen they will come from egypt and also from another very significant empire now the term in hebrew is kush and this speaks to ethiopia but just not the ethiopia of today now sometimes the same place is is spoken of but in the ancient time kush ethiopia consisted of a much larger area of land and more people today we see that there is conflict going on in ethiopia in fact i'm going to be going there in a week and one of the things we've been following is just that conflict now in the past a leader brought all of these tribes all of this vast land under one person's authority it was an empire today it's not there there is different uh, segments there's not that unity and so here it says and ethiopia this strong empire of the past it says ethiopia you will run and it says his hands how unto god now the the image here is that there's going to be a change that they're going to recognize the authority of god this very very strong powerful empire is going to to say no to themselves they're going to cancel themselves out so to speak in light of being part of a different empire whose empire the kingdom of god ethiopia spoken of many times in a most significant way in the scripture next verse verse 33 in hebrew 32 and others the kingdoms of the earth what are they going to do well this is why i say that this has kingdom implications and if you read this without a kingdom context you're missing out on something because it says the kingdoms this is countries and nations and empires all this this leadership of the earth what are they going to do when the kingdom of god they're going to be forced to acknowledge god they will sing unto god they will praise the lord selah 
so again this speaks about about worship and notice the last word of that verse selah what does it mean as we said last week it's a word of affirmation and a word of emphasis so the the author here king david wanted us to know there is indeed coming a time when we're going to see just what this verse says the kingdoms of the earth that they are going to to sing unto the lord and they are going to praise god and this is emphasized and this is affirmed last next verse verse 34. now who are they affirming and and praising and and adoring the one who rides in the the heavens and then it says the ancient heavens meaning the one who and here the ancient heavens is another word for where god dwelt before creation where he was when he and he alone when i say he alone god the father god the son god the holy spirit the holy trinity was ruling it says the one who rides in the heavens the ancient heavens and what does he do behold he will give his voice the voice of power and what's going to be the response to god manifesting his power his authority we see here that they are going to acknowledge the power and the authority that belongs to god it also says concerning israel concerning israel israel is going to also acknowledge that he is their majesty he is their pride he is why israel exists they're going to acknowledge that the god of israel now notice how israel plays an important role when god speaks of himself god uses that term israel and it's very interesting today that people don't like that term israel i've given the example before you go to the the old city of jerusalem you speak to many of the merchants there and i'm speaking about the arab merchants and they'll have a a bag you say can jerusalem be written on that and many already have it on sure you say you know can you make me one with what i want written on it i want israel and you're going to be surprised the response they don't like that term but if we're speaking about the one true god it's not allah but the one true god is a god of israel the one who is father god creator god who sent his only begotten son yeshua jesus into this world so once again we see that that concerning israel he is their their majesty the majesty of israel the god of israel and then notice what it says our last verse awesome is god now that means that that he is is worthy of praise he's worthy of respect awesome is god more than his holy places the god here again the god of israel now what it says and i it says here after the the majesty of israel it speaks about his power is in the heights 
This is the heights of heaven. Then it says, now we're ready for our last verse. Awesome is God, more awesome is God than his holy places. Now we have the term, the God of Israel. For he gives strength and power to his people. And what are we called to do? Baruch Elohim. We're called to bless God. And one of the ways that we do that is that we acknowledge that only the God of Israel is the blessed God. And when we look at this and how it is set apart, the letters, the words are set apart, we see a congruency between the God of Israel and the blessed God. And if you don't believe that the one blessed God is the God of Israel, if you don't rejoice in that term Israel, then then you have a spiritual defect in you because you're not agreeing with the language of the scripture israel is a word of authority a word of victory a word that speaks of god's purposes and plans israel is a kingdom word and if you reject israel and you choose to replace it with with palestine or something else you are rejecting the significance because Palestine, it is derived from the phrase Peleshit, which is a horrible concept, one that goes against the character of God, the attributes of God, the purposes of God. But Israel, it's a kingdom word that speaks of that which is going to be victorious, that which is going to rule, that which is according to his purposes. So my counsel to you, is that your theology better agree with the revelation of God. Until next time, Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.